0: Hello everyone. We have Brittany Lawrence Cockrell on today's episode. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Brittany, I'm just going to toss it at you. So wherever you'd like with your story.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you, Shelly. I'm so excited to be recording this. A little bit nervous to share my story just because I haven't talked about it in this much detail, um, Mm -hmm. really with anyone besides my husband, but this podcast has been so helpful for me. So I'm just ready to Put my story out there. Um, so I'll just kind of start where everyone else does with how they met their partner. Um, so I met my husband, uh, his name's Emmanuel, but he goes by Eman for short. Uh, we actually met in high school at band camp, which most people think is like a joke, but that's actually how we met. Um, and so we'll be celebrating 10 years together in August, which we're really excited about um we always kind of knew that we wanted children that was part of our you know conversations even when we were younger we were like you know what do we want our lives to look like in 5 10 15 years and those conversations always included children um there was a part of a time where i decided that maybe i wanted to look into life without kids um i started thinking like do I really want children? Do I really want that responsibility? And we had conversations about not having kids. And for you know a few months, I thought that I was really content with that um, until I realized that when I'm 60 or 70 years old, I don't want it to just be my husband and I. I want us to have children and grandchildren and a big old family. And so at that point, we decided to um, stop preventing pregnancy. Um, I hadn't been on birth control for a number of years at that point, um, but we were still like using condoms and things to prevent pregnancy. And we decided that we weren't gonna do that anymore. Um, And so this was in October of 2019, so not even a year ago yet. Um, And then crazy enough, as soon as we decide that we're not going to prevent pregnancy, I found out I was pregnant um, on November November 12th of 2019. Um, And it was a really crazy way that it all kind of happened. Um, I was actually at a high school dance competition for my dad's girlfriend's daughter. And um, I started getting what I thought were really bad period cramps. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to have blood on my pants in front of all these high schoolers. This is going to be so embarrassing. Um, But it wasn't my period. I actually had my dad like check to make sure that my pants didn't have blood on them. Um, And I go home and I, I hadn't started my period yet, which was super odd for me to have cramps, but no bleeding. So I thought, okay, you know, my period will probably start in the morning. No need to freak out. I woke up the next morning and I hadn't started my period yet. And I just so happened to have some pregnancy tests like in my drawer. And I was like, let me just take this and see if I'm pregnant, but I sincerely doubt it. Um, And it was not even like a minute before the two pink lines like showed up so positively. I mean, they were super dark, positive lines. And I started freaking out, but in the best way possible. Like I wasn't nervous. I wasn't scared. I was just so excited and ready for this next chapter. Um, I mean, we've been together for so long. It was like, we're gonna enter this new kind of way of life of becoming parents. And it was just such an exciting moment. And I I relived that like all the time, just because it was just pure, genuine excitement. No anxiety, no anxiousness, just we were so happy. Um, So that was early in the morning when I found out. So I told my husband and his reaction was just the cutest thing ever. He was so excited to be a dad and it was such a surprise, which I think made it even better. And we actually, I have recorded his reaction, um, but I haven't watched that video in a really long time. I don't really think I plan to ever watch it again, just because it is painful to know that that excitement was so like short-lived. Um, and at that time, we were actually living with my dad. Um, we had recently moved from Illinois back to Kansas, where we're from. And we were kind of in between jobs, and we hadn't found a place to live yet. So we were crashing at my dad's. And there was no way that I could live with my dad and not tell him (laughs) that I was pregnant. So um, we told him and he was really excited. Um, At the time, my brother's girlfriend was pregnant with their second. So it was just like crazy timing. And her second baby and our first was, they were going to be about like three or four months apart, which we were so excited about. We thought that would be so cute to have them like grow up together and be so close in age. Um, so it was a wild time for our family, just getting used to the thought of another baby coming into our lives and then me being pregnant too. Um, so that day I wanted, it, I, I wanted to get my pregnancy confirmed uh, by more than just like an at-home urine test. So we went to the health department for them to confirm the pregnancy. And um, we did a urine test there and it came back negative. And it was so weird. I was like, why did my at-home one come back positive and it's coming back negative? I was so confused and I was actually really sad um, because I thought, okay, well, maybe this baby really isn't here. And we'd only known I was pregnant for maybe four or five hours by this point. But the excitement just like sucks you in as soon as you see those two pink lines. And I was so irritated with the nurse for telling me I wasn't pregnant, <laughs> which now looking back is kind of silly because it, I mean, it wasn't her fault the test came back negative. Um, so she told us to come back in a week um, if I didn't get my period. And so we got in the car and we were ready to leave. And I told my husband, I am not waiting a week. I want to know right now if I am pregnant. And so we went to an urgent care like facility and they were actually able to do a blood test and the results would come back the following day. Um, and I was not happy that I had to wait 24 hours, but 24 hours is way better than waiting a week. So, um, that was the longest 24 hours I think of my entire life waiting for that call. And she called the next day, told us that I was pregnant and the excitement was just like there all over again. We were just so pumped. Um, So at that point we decided to tell our um, immediate family. So I have a really big and close immediate family and I wanted them to know ASAP. So we told them and we told a couple of our close friends and everyone, it was almost like they had waited our entire relationship for this news. And uh, they were just as excited for us as I had always imagined. That they would be and it was just so nice having that happiness and that excitement even though it only lasted about a week or so before um my first miscarriage so um after it was maybe two or three days after we had told our family and our close friends that i actually worked out and immediately following my workout i went to the bathroom and there was some spotting and i was definitely nervous about that. Um, I had read that some bleeding in early pregnancy was normal but something just felt really off to me and I immediately was just terrified. So I called my OB uh, let them know that I had some spotting and they did tell me you know this could definitely be normal but we want to be on the safe side so don't work out for the next two weeks. We want you to really rest and just like take it easy. Don't lift anything heavy um and then let us know if the bleeding gets worse and then they scheduled me to come in to get my blood drawn to see what my hcg levels were and i didn't really understand hcg levels i had not done any research or anything like that on pregnancy prior to my miscarriage so i just kind of thought this was what they do i didn't realize that they were really only doing this because i had their early bleeding So I go in, get my blood drawn and my levels were really low. They were at 53. Um, And so they told me that that was like in range for how far along I was, which at this point would have been around four weeks. So it was very, very early. Um, But they said, you know, don't worry, 53 is fine. We're just gonna have you come back to see if it doubles. So the following day I had more bleeding and then the cramping had started. And I mean, the cramping was excruciating. I've read so many things that say miscarriage is just like a really heavy period. And I would disagree with that 100%. Um, I have really bad heavy periods and this did not compare at all. Um, Thankfully, my husband was with me as I was miscarrying. And I just remember like squeezing his hand and like the pain was just so bad i was literally like curled up in a ball um just trying to do whatever i could to make it less painful and it was just awful and going to the bathroom i never thought would be like a traumatizing thing but when you go to the bathroom and you see all this blood it's just a horrifying experience and with each and each time I went to the bathroom, I just knew that my baby was dying. Like my body was getting rid of this baby and thinking that to myself was horrible. And it's, it's just really hard to control your thoughts when you're going through something like this. And the only thing that I like thought to myself over and over again was like, my body is killing my baby. Um, sorry, I'm trying not to cry. Um. And that it's just such a really traumatizing and horrible thing to think that, like, the baby that you love so much is, is dying. Um, and so I had called my OB. I let them know that the bleeding was getting worse and, you know, I was passing tissue and things and that the cramping was getting worse. They told me there was nothing that they could do, that um, it would have been pointless for me to go into their office. So... They told me to, uh, you know, use a heating pad, drink lots of water and just like rest. And then I went in the following day for another HCG blood draw and uh, my levels came back at 25. And so they confirmed that it was a miscarriage and that I was losing the baby and they wanted to follow my HCG down to zero. So I had to go in again, which was so annoying um, to have to go back to this clinic and like see pregnant women with their cute little bumps, you know, probably getting really great news. And here I was confirming that my baby had died. Um, So the the last blood draw I did with this OB clinic, uh, my levels were at four. And so after that, they didn't asked me to come back in again. It was clear that you know my HCG was going down the way that it was supposed to. Um, but this OP office was absolutely horrible. Um, I did not appreciate the way that they told me I was miscarrying. I mean, they completely brushed it off like it was not a big deal, like it didn't matter. Um, they didn't even ask if I wanted any sort of follow-up appointment or you know if I wanted to talk to someone, they offered no resources. Um, I just felt very alone and they almost made me feel like it was my fault that that I had miscarried and it was just a really bad experience and I was like when I become pregnant again I will not be using the same OB. Uh, So I started researching um, other ones in our area for when I got pregnant again because it was just not an office I wanted to to work with. Um, So following the miscarriage I didn't really know how to feel. Um, Miscarriages have not really happened in my family. Um, My granny had a miscarriage years ago, so she kind of understood what I was going through. But um, I just felt really alone and like I had no one to turn to. You know, no one really understood what I was going through. So... It brought my husband and I a lot closer. We had so many like deep conversations about um, our relationship and what we wanna see in our family. And it really did bring us closer, which I'm I'm thankful for. Um, but I just felt incredibly alone. And making calls to my family to let them know that we had lost the baby was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do because you just hear it in their voice that they just felt sorry for us and that they didn't no one really knew what to say or like how to handle it and that made me feel even worse like i felt like my miscarriage was ruining somebody else's day and no one wants to feel like that um and this was right before i miscarried the week before thanksgiving so we were going right into the holiday season which was supposed to be a really exciting time and I just was not in the mood, you know, to celebrate or like be around people or act like it hadn't happened. Um, So I got through the holiday season. I mean, we just kind of went with the motions and, you know, just acted like things were were okay, even though they really weren't. Um, But after, right after New Year's is when the grief started to hit me really, really bad and I started having just awful meltdowns where I would just cry and sob for hours and there was nothing that anyone could say that would console me. I just went into a really bad, dark place and it was a place that I had never been before. I think when you're mourning a baby that you had never met, it's like a whole Different kind of grief. You know, I've lost family members and friends before, but this sort of loss, it, I mean, it's really indescribable um, mm-hmm. mourning someone that you didn't know, but that you had this connection with and this love for, um, but I never got to meet them. And so I think the hardest thing for me at that time was losing all of the plans that we had made. And even though, I mean, I was only, you know, four. Four and a half weeks when I miscarried. But in the time that I knew I was pregnant, we made all sorts of plans. And we had so much excitement. And you just lose all of that, which is really hard to work through. Um, so I realized that I needed to seek some help. And so I started seeing a therapist, uh, which was probably one of the best decisions I could have made with all of this. And I see her weekly uh, with COVID-19 and everything. We actually talk over the phone instead of seeing each other in person. Um, But it's been so incredibly helpful to have her and to be able to talk to her about all of my feelings. And she's experienced miscarriage herself. So we have a lot that we can connect on. And she's just been a huge resource for me and a really big help Um, So back up just a little bit. Um, So after the miscarriage, uh, my period came back in about four weeks. It was right before Christmas. And I thought that I was gonna be ready to try as soon as my period came back. I told my husband like, we are not gonna waste any time. We are going to become pregnant again, really, really soon. And then my period came and my fertile window came and I realized that I was so not ready and sex was just weird at that point. Like we were, you know, it just felt awkward to me to time sex to make a baby. I felt like it was really forced. I felt like it was awkward. And so we did not try um, that cycle. It was just too much for me. Um, my husband was okay trying, but I I think emotionally I just wasn't ready. Um, so we actually tried in January, February, and April of this year. Um, And in April, I decided that I was, (laughs) I was just getting too impatient, which sounds crazy when I think about women who have tried for years, Um, but I was just ready to be pregnant again. And I thought, you know, what can we do to kind of speed up this process? And so I started doing some research on different things that other women have done to become pregnant quickly and so the first thing that i saw were ovulation predictor kits and i thought okay well let's give this a try um i had already been using apps and inputting you know my period information which was always regular and we were kind of timing sex according to these apps well it turns out that i was not ovulating the days that my app was telling me i was so the opks were so helpful um because it actually told me when i was ovulating and i wish that i had looked into those sooner but i think that those helped a lot and then i was also starting to take um, the pre-mama fertility drinks um so there's they have like a whole line of products and so my husband was drinking the fertility drink for men and i was drinking the one for women i have no idea if either of those things made a difference um, his drink or mine, but I think we just felt like we were doing something a little extra to help ourselves. So um, I actually talked to my my current OB about those drinks and she said, you know, don't waste your money on them. Like you don't need it. So we haven't bought them since, but um, those were the two things that we did differently in April. And so on April 23rd, my nephew was born. And that was a really hard day for both of us, um, both my husband and I, because we realized that, you know, this new is in our family we were so excited, you know, for my brother and his girlfriend and to have another baby in the family. But our baby was supposed to be here, you know, just a few months after that. And it was just a, a reminder of, of what we had lost. And it was really difficult to be happy on that day. Um because we were just wanting our baby. You know, it was, it was a really difficult day. Um, As much as I love my nephew, it was very hard for us to handle his, him being born as a reminder of of what we had lost. Um, So on that day, it was actually storming really bad in the afternoon. And um, we were just standing out on the porch of our apartment and just watching the rain and talking about our feelings um and then when the rain had stopped there was a double rainbow in the sky and i remember looking at that rainbow and just crying thinking oh my gosh okay this is great this is a sign that i'm gonna be pregnant really soon you know this is awesome and my husband had never seen a double rainbow before so he thought that was kind of cool um and then just a few weeks after that, I went to my OB. Um, I found a new OB after my awful experience with my first, and I went there for a women's exam. And then just to ask questions about, you know, how to proceed. Uh, cause we, I didn't realize that I was pregnant at that point. Um, and I was just asking, you know, what can I do to become pregnant? And they kind of walked me through different, different things to do and, And my OB ended up telling me if I wasn't pregnant by July, then she would want to do a semen analysis on my husband and see if there was something going on with him because I, from what she could tell through her exam, I was healthy and everything was good. So the following day, this was on a Monday that I went to my OB. On Tuesday, I just felt really off. Um, I just, I wasn't feeling super well. And um, I thought, you know, let me just take a pregnancy test and see if, if I am pregnant. I really didn't believe that I was, um, but I took the test and it was a faint positive. And I looked at this test for probably 45 minutes and just trying to convince myself that I was actually saying two lines, even though it was faint, um, And I didn't have time to like put something cute together to tell my husband because he came home from work a little bit early and saw me looking at this test. And the first thing I said to him was, Do you see this line? And I like put it in his face. I'm like, Do you see this? Do you see this? And it, you know, it was clearly there. um, But my eyes, I think, were just, I didn't want to fully believe that I was pregnant because then all of the anxiety kind of, set in. Um, So I ended up taking probably four or five tests in the first two days of finding out I was pregnant because I just didn't believe it and I wanted the lines to get darker and I think that just helped me to start believing it, taking more and more tests. So I called my OB and I asked if I could go in for um, an HCG uh, test and you know confirm this and see what my levels were and they agreed and I got in the following day um, to get that blood draw and my levels were low my levels were at 15 um, and they asked me you know how far along do you think you are blah, blah blah and so they felt that that was an appropriate level for how far along I was which would have been three to four weeks somewhere in there Um, So again, very early, Um, but I was having some symptoms that I didn't have the first time. Um, I was absolutely exhausted um, taking naps more often. I'm not much of a nap person anymore, but I found myself needing a nap around three o'clock like every day. Um, The bloating was unreal. I did not experience that at all with my first pregnancy. Um, And then my boobs were so incredibly sore that even putting a bra on was difficult. And so I thought that all of that meant, you know, really good things that, you know, the baby was growing and my levels were probably going up and that this pregnancy was going to be our rainbow baby. Um, And so I went back to the OB and for another uh, blood draw and they told me that my levels had gone up to 169 so i felt like that was a great jump and so did they they were like this is great you know your levels more than doubled so that's really exciting um and we we'll, we're just going to keep tracking this and see where the levels go so i was grateful that they were willing to see me so often to make sure my levels were going up um, they were very understanding uh, about my anxiety surrounding this pregnancy given our loss and they had no issues seeing me as often as as they did. Um, so with this pregnancy, we only told our parents and then my husband and I, we each told one of our close friends and that was, that was it. Um, I really wanted to announce our pregnancy when our family was all together, um, which would have been at my cousin's graduation party. I kind of wanted to save it for the end to tell everyone. Um, and so even to this day, most of my family does not know that we had a second a second pregnancy. Um, so after that um, blood draw where my levels were at 169, I went back I think two days later to get my blood drawn again. And um, the nurse called me while I was at work to tell me that my levels went up to 290. So they went from 169 to 290, which was not completely doubling and she told me not to panic she's like it's okay we're gonna take your blood again and see what happens with that one but don't freak out um you know it's possible that your levels are just kind of like leveling out right now and they're gonna like shoot up later like but don't freak out I freaked out of course and um I just felt in my heart that I wasn't going to keep this pregnancy and so I was at work when she called and I go into my boss's office and I was just like, hey, I can't work the rest of the day. Like I need to go home. And so I left in a, I mean, full-on panic and crying and just getting really nervous that, um, I was going to lose this baby. And I just started mentally preparing myself for that. Um, it just in my heart didn't feel right that my levels hadn't doubled. Um, so the following day they wanted to see me again for a blood draw. So I went in like first thing 8 AM. So I can make it to work at a decent time. And I woke up with a little bit of cramping. Um, these did feel like period cramps. So I was thinking, okay, this is just normal, like early pregnancy, cramping, nothing to be too concerned about. I get to work and, um, after the blood draw. And the cramping is getting worse and it's feeling like heavier period cramps. And I'm starting to remember what the miscarriage cramps felt like. And so um, that sent me into a panic as well. I started thinking, okay, this might be like the beginning of the end sort of thing. Um, And so I had gone to the bathroom. This was maybe like 30, 40 minutes before lunchtime. I'd gone to the bathroom and there was some bleeding and it wasn't incredibly heavy, but it was enough that it made me nervous. Um, But that day my coworkers and I had decided to go to Chipotle for lunch and we were about to go. And instead of telling my coworkers like, oh, I don't think I'm gonna go, I went to Chipotle. And I don't know why I made that decision. I think I was trying to keep the bad news like in the back of my mind and just kind of go on with my day before like coming to terms with what i knew was happening but that was a horrible decision because the entire ride to tripotle i was terrified that i was going to miscarry in my co car and like bleed all over her back seat and there were four other people in the car that had no idea what was going on and so i just should not have gone with them. (laughs) But we got back from Chipotle and, um, I went to the bathroom to see if the bleeding had gotten worse because I was feeling like it was all over me. Um, I went to the bathroom and it had gotten worse, but it wasn't all over me the way that I felt it was. So at that point, I tell my supervisor that I think I'm having a miscarriage and I need to leave. And she was, totally understanding of that. So I grab my things, I get in my car and I just lose it. Um, I am sobbing so hard that I don't even know how I got home. Um, I don't even remember like the drive home. And I I don't know how I didn't even get pulled over because I must've been driving like a maniac. And the whole time I'm crying and I'm sobbing and I'm just praying and pleading and begging God to keep this baby safe. And I just remember like clutching my stomach and just saying over and over, please save them, please save them. Uh, I really couldn't imagine like losing a a second baby. It was just unimaginable to me. So I get home and I had texted my husband. I said, you know, I think I'm having a miscarriage. And he asked if I wanted him to come home from work. And I said, you know, probably not. Like I've done this before. Um, you know, I know what to do. I'm just going to lay down, um, uh, take it easy. Um, so I, I think I'm okay. And, um, shortly thereafter, maybe 20 minutes later, I said, I need you to come home because I, I was not okay. I was trying to be strong. I think for the both of us and that put him through the trauma of like seeing me lose our baby again. Uh, but I just needed someone there with me. So He stopped at the store and he bought me pads and he came home and we just laid in the bed and talked about what we knew was happening. Um, And we just talked through, you know, how we were feeling, uh, what to expect. You know, we talked about our previous baby and um, for a couple hours there, we just talked and cried and, and kind of got everything out. And I asked him, I said, well, should I call the doctor? Um, because they were supposed to call me with my HCG results that day. Um, and at that point, I hadn't heard from them yet. And I knew it was happening. So I just kind of didn't want to bother them, I guess, um, because I know that they weren't going to tell me to do anything differently than what I was doing. So I just felt like it was kind of a waste to call them. Um, and then shortly after, that maybe 15 minutes after I asked my husband if I should call, they called me um, with the results of the blood draw. And my levels had gone from 290 to 43. And so the nurse, I had explained what I experienced, you know, the bleeding and the cramping and all that. And, And she said, yeah, you know, you, you are having a miscarriage. And she, she confirmed that Um, and she gave me the option of going in and seeing my OB the following day, which would have been a Friday or waiting until Monday to see my OB and to get another blood draw to make sure that my levels were, you know, going down appropriately. And so we had decided to have that appointment on Monday because I just got my blood drawn that day and it wouldn't have gone down, you know, a considerable amount overnight, so we just said that we would wait till Monday. I get off the phone with the nurse and immediately just start sobbing. Um, I was crying so hard. Um, I'm not sure I've ever cried that hard in my entire life, but even though I knew I was miscarrying and I knew that how this was going to end, just hearing the nurse confirm it, I think, just set me into an absolute, I mean, panic. And so I'm sobbing and I was kind of turned over um, on my side, kind of in a ball. And I turned back to where I'm like laying on my back and I start hyperventilating. And I was clutching my chest, trying to get a good deep breath and I just couldn't um and so my husband is like okay you have to calm down you have to like get your breathing under control and my breath i mean it was crazy i had never hyperventilated like this before and i just said like i can't breathe i can't breathe and it was so scary um and so my husband is trying to call The OB said, like, I don't know why he tried to call the OB because there was nothing that they could do, but, um, tried to call the OB. They didn't answer. And I, in the, in between breaths, I said, I need you to call my dad. Um, my dad is a respiratory therapist. And so I was like, he's the only one that will know how to (laughs) like calm down my breath. And my dad wasn't answering the phone. So, um, my phone was next to me and I managed to grab it and call him And I was continuing to hyperventilate, and my dad finally answered, and and I just said, Dad, I can't breathe. I need you to come here. And I hung up the phone. Um, So in the meantime, I'm getting worse. I'm sobbing uncontrollably. I still can't breathe, and I start feeling my fingers and my toes go numb. Um, They were kind of tingling, and then I couldn't really feel them anymore. And the same thing started happening with my mouth and I couldn't really form words. Um, my entire body, I think, I don't know if it was shock. I don't know what the heck was going on. It was a a full on panic attack, but my body just felt like uncontrollable. So, um, my dad and his girlfriend, uh, finally get to our place. And I remember having my eyes closed and I opened my eyes and they were there. And my dad just starts hugging me and he's trying to calm my breath down. And I just remember saying like over and over, like, dad, my baby's dead. Like I lost them, they like, they died. Um, and it was really, really hard. Um like, to be in that, um, in that state of having this massive panic attack and trying to calm down, but not being able to, um, and so this lasted probably like an hour, maybe a little bit longer. I, I had no concept of time during that, um, that's that moment. And so my dad is trying to convince me to go to the hospital. And I said, absolutely not. Um, they're not going to be able to do anything. You know, my baby's dead. Like they won't save them. So I don't need to go to the hospital. And, um, so they, they ended up not making me go, which I'm thankful for. Cause I really did not want to go to the hospital for this. Um, but my husband had finally got in touch with my OB and told them that I was having a panic attack and asked, them what they felt I should do. And they said that I just needed to kind of get it out because there was nothing that they could do. They said, well, she could go to the ER, but they're not going to be able to do much either. Um, but they did say that they wanted me to come into their office the following day on that Friday. And so when my husband told me this, I was like, well, why, you know, like my baby is gone. Why do I need to go in there tomorrow? I don't want to do that. And he basically said I didn't have a choice that he was taking me there the following day, regardless. Um, so after I had my panic attack, you know, kind of stopped, I went to the bathroom and the bleeding was, you know, awful and it was just so much blood and no one really prepares you for that. And even though I had had a loss prior, um, it's just so traumatizing, like seeing that much blood and knowing that with every cramp and with every, you know, piece of tissue you pass, like your baby is dying. And it was just it was just awful. So um I had finally calmed down, everything was was okay. And the rest of that night, my husband and I just spent laying in bed, uh talking, crying and just talking everything through i mean there was nothing either of us could say to each other to make us feel better but um we just talked and held each other and and it was a really traumatizing experience for my husband to um to see me go into that panic attack and at one point he was like holding me up um and my body just went completely like weak. Like I couldn't even hold my arms up like around his neck or like hug him back. And I've only seen my husband cry in almost 10 years, maybe five times. And he was sobbing like I had never seen before. And so I know that was a really difficult thing for him. Not only was he, you know, losing his baby, but then he was watching his wife, you know, totally freak out Um, so it was a really, really hard day. And so I think that panic attack happened, um, as a way for me to get all or not all, but a lot of my grief out in kind of one moment. Um, because honestly, after I was done, I felt a lot better. Um, and so I think that was my body's way of saying like, get all this out, just get it out and, and you can kind of move on after that. Um, So the following day, the following morning, we went to the doctor's appointment um, just to basically talk to them about um, different options and to discuss the miscarriages I had. And they are such an amazing clinic. Um, The woman that we spoke to told us that most of the time they wait until uh, women have three miscarriages to move forward with testing. Um, But she told us that she would look into what our insurance would cover and see if we could get testing done um, after having two. And so I was very grateful for that. And we have testing scheduled for July 20th. So in like a week and a half, something like that. Um, And I'm really nervous about this testing. I have no idea what to expect. I don't know if I want something to be wrong with me so that we can... You know i can take medication and have a solution or if i want everything to be fine i just i have a lot of mixed feelings about this testing um but i'm hoping that this gets us one step closer to answers and so our hopefully next pregnancy will result in a healthy happy baby um so we still haven't told the rest of our family or friends about the second loss Um, it just seems really difficult to call people and tell them that I had a miscarriage when they didn't even know I was pregnant. And so I'm still kind of working through that process. Like, do I want to call people and tell them? Do I not want to? Like, it just, it's, they just seem like really difficult conversations to have. And I haven't decided if I'm willing to, to do that or not yet. Um, So since the miscarriage, and this was, I miscarried on June 4th, um, so about five weeks ago, and since then, um, and talking with my therapist and everything, she actually diagnosed me with anxiety and depression early on in our time together, Um, but my depression has gotten much worse since losing our second baby, and I'm still kind of working through all of that and I feel like I wasn't completely done mourning and grieving our first loss and then we had a second one and it's just a lot to process and to work through Um, but the due date for our first baby um, was July 21st and so as we get closer to that day um, I feel like my heart is just breaking more and more knowing that, you know, we don't have that baby anymore. And while I'm so excited to become pregnant again in the future, like I just want the babies that we've lost and, um, just wondering, you know, what they would have looked like and who they would have been. And, um, it's just really hard, um, to work through all of those emotions. And it's just really sad that their due date is almost here and we're continuing to struggle with, um, with having a baby. So,
0: um, that is, I guess, my story. So you have testing on July 20th and then due date of your first baby is July 21st. Yes. So it's going to be an insane... (laughs) Like two days. days yeah for sure yeah oh my goodness well I hope you get some answers I can completely relate on the like not wanting something to be wrong but also like mm-hmm. kind of wanting something to be wrong so that you right. have a plan in place type of a thing
1: yeah um, exactly you'll have, to,
0: you'll have to keep us posted
1: yes I sure will
0: uh, I always ask at the end of every episode if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation what would it be
1: So I thought a lot about this and I I feel like there's so many pieces of advice that I could offer, but the most important one that I wish someone had told me is that you should not feel bad for protecting your heart. Um, And by that, I mean, when you're seeing like pregnancy announcements and people having their babies on social media and blah, 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 don't feel bad for being upset and it's okay to be angry and to be envious or jealous or whatever, because you want that for yourself. Um, And I've even like muted people's accounts um, because I don't wanna see it. And at first I felt really guilty for that. Um, It doesn't mean I'm not happy for them because I totally am. Any baby and healthy pregnancy is such a blessing, Um, but it's hard. And I don't think that those of us who have experienced loss should feel bad about that. So mute people, block people. If you need to just do whatever you need to do to protect yourself, your heart, and like your own energy.
0: I totally agree. Now, if somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so? Um, Instagram is probably best. Um, so my handle is at embracing Brittany. Okay. Awesome. And I'll link that in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for doing this and jumping on and sharing. It's going to help so many people. And I'm just so proud of you. Oh, thank you, Shelly. I appreciate it. Yes, yeah, so we'll talk soon. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a LAM fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.